What are you expecting? You've probably heard that question many times in life about a variety of different things. What are you expecting from school, from maybe a hobby that you have? What are you expecting from friendships or relationships? What are you expecting from your faith, from your religion, from insert whatever? What are you expecting? Life really does come to the point of expecting much. When you expect great things, oftentimes you can find great things, you see great things, you experience great things. If your bar is very low and you don't expect much from anything, well then chances are you're just gonna be kinda complacent. You're not gonna experience much, you won't find anything if you're not looking for it. This great feast of the epiphany that we have today is truly a feast of expectation. See, really until recently, the past century or two in the church, this was the biggest feast. Christmas, yeah, is big and celebratory. Jesus is now in our humanity. God has taken on flesh. But this is the feast where we kind of celebrate that in a way, in a certain way, the Lord awakens. It's like a little mini glimpse into how the life of Jesus plays out. Because we know he comes to earth and then they go to Nazareth. And then for 30 years of his life, <clears throat> Jesus is obedient to Mary and Joseph. He submits himself. We talked about that last Sunday, the Feast of the Holy Family. 30 years, he's just kind of there. People in Nazareth know him, but he hasn't revealed himself. There are no miracles. There isn't some big sign that he is God. And then boom, his public ministry starts three years of miracles and healings and teachings and homilies and all these different things. And then the passion happens, death, burial, resurrection. We know the rest of the story. Today, the epiphany, yes, we celebrate the wise men finally make it over to the crib. Yes, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh is given. But this is the day where all expectation is met. Because if you pay attention to the Old Testament throughout salvation history, the Magi, the wise men, the three kings, whatever you want to call them, they're coming from the east. Chances are these are pagans. They're not Jewish people. There are no Christians at this point. They have no idea who Almighty God is. Why then do they travel to find this star, to find this little baby in a house in Bethlehem? Well, because at this point in time, there's at least some semblance of an expectation, some thought, some idea of some warrior, some king, some ruler, some messiah, you might say, that would come and gather all the people together. It wasn't some big time of war at this moment, but it was my country and your country, my nation and your nation. I'm going to stay here. You stay there. We're going to live in peace. But this person would come and gather everyone together. So reading the stars, as these astronomers would have done, they go and they seek what would unify them. They had this great expectation. And we know that because St. Matthew says they saw this star stop over the place where the child was with Mary, his mother, and they were overjoyed. They didn't just say, oh, okay, there it is. Let's go in and see. They were overjoyed. Their expectation was finally met once they entered the house. Because see, we come to this great feast of the Epiphany, the second to last day of Christmas, and we're reminded that our expectations, brothers and sisters, should be great when we face Almighty God. Because if we come to Mass each and every Sunday with just the expectation of I'm going to check off my Sunday obligation, we're not going to get anything. We're not going to receive anything. We're just there out of obligation, which great, I'm glad that you're here. But what do you expect to get? Even before that, what do you expect to give? Because we can learn a lot from the Magi. They see his star, they're seeking him, they cross deserts to find him. They ask questions, where is he, where is he? They go, they offer themselves, do him homage, they worship the newborn king, 
and then they are changed. And we'll get back to that in a second. But before any of that happens, we have to make a decision for ourselves. We can be like one or the other character that we hear about in the gospel today. We can hopefully be like the Magi and seek the Lord, find the Lord, offer him something, receive from him, are overjoyed and are changed. Or we can be like King Herod if we so choose, who hears about this newborn king and his response is, what? I'm the king. I'm in charge here. Who dares challenge me? Who's this new king that I'm supposed to listen to? He's fearful. He feels threatened. And then that turns into anger. I'll be the first to admit, I get challenged by the Lord sometimes because I'm going to be honest, because I'm a human being. I enjoy my sin sometimes. That's not getting me to heaven. That's not making me holy. I enjoy my sin. So then I get convicted by the Lord and he says, hey, cut that out. And I say, how dare you? I'm a grown man. Leave me alone. I can make my own decisions. King Herod, that's his story. So you can choose to be like King Herod and fight back, want to go and destroy the child, which is why they fled to Egypt. We heard that last Sunday. We can choose to be like King Herod or we can choose to be changed like the Magi. Because yes, they see the sign. They have this great expectation. They cross the deserts. They find him. They do him homage, they offer something, and then notice what St. Matthew says. They go home by a different route. They go home a different way. And yes, that's because they're avoiding Herod. The angel comes and tells them in a dream. But that says something about their hearts as well. They go back a different way because they were changed. They meet the Lord our God, they see him, they encounter him, and they are changed, and they go back differently. The challenge for us is to come to Mass each and every time we enter this church, to encounter the Lord in the Scriptures, in the community, namely in the sacraments, in the Eucharist. It is the same Jesus that was in the crib, the same Jesus that was on the cross, the same Jesus that resurrected and ascended into heaven. It's the same Jesus that you will see very soon lifted up on the altar in the host, the most blessed sacrament, our life, the source and summit of our faith. This is the one that we seek. This is our king, and he will change us. What do you offer to this newborn king? You have to give something in order to receive. You invest and then receive. Chances are tonight you don't come with gold, frankincense, or myrrh. You probably don't have gold to offer the newborn king. If you do, the correct collection plate's coming around soon. Remember us. If you have, you probably don't have frankincense. That's okay. The server has that covered. We're smoking it out tonight. You probably don't have fragrant myrrh. That is okay. What do you have to give the king, though? Yes, give him your heart. Cute. Awesome. But what about your brokenness? What about your sin, your temptation, your vices, everything that's imperfect about you, all the parts about yourself that you don't like? What about that? Father, I can't give that to Jesus. He's perfect. Why would he want that as a gift? A gift is a good thing. It is. But don't you think that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who came to redeem you, to encounter you, wants those broken pieces, those imperfections, those challenges, those sins? Don't you think he wants to receive that so that he can bless what's good, strengthen what is weak, get rid of what doesn't need to be there? He is the one who calls us out of this darkness. You hear that in the first reading from Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Not get up because we have stuff to do. Rise in splendor because you are being called out of the darkness of sin, out of the darkness and the brokenness and the imperfection of who you were. 
Because the Lord comes for you and desires to encounter you to send you home differently. I don't care what the brokenness is, what the burden is. You have a place in this church. This is your home. The Lord comes here for you, to meet you, to encounter you, to change you for the better, for the best. Will you choose to be like the Magi who seek him, who encounter him, who are changed by him, and then go home differently? I hope that you will say, yes, I choose that option. Don't be like King Herod, who's enraged with jealousy, fear. He feels threatened by the King of Kings. Thanks be to God, Christ our King, the newborn King, the true King, comes to bring mercy and peace justice and healing, all these things that our hearts desperately long for. What is it that you're expecting when you come to Mass tonight? You're going to see the King very soon in the Eucharist. You've heard about him in the Gospel. We've sung about him. You meet him tonight, and I challenge you, I urge you, I beg you, give him your all. Give him the gift of who you are. I don't care how imperfect you think you are. He desires you. He desires your heart. And there's nothing you have to do to prove yourself or earn his love. It's already there for you. He comes for you to encounter you, to heal you, to change you, and then to send you home differently. Happy Feast of the Epiphany. Blessed Feast of Expectation. Come with great expectations. Meet the Lord our God. Be changed and go home differently. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit www.ctklsu.org.